Hey guys, and welcome to episode 32 of For The Kudos. This episode is brought to you by Whoop. Unlock yourself with Whoop 4.0, the latest, most advanced fitness and health wearable available. Monitor your recovery, sleep, training, and health with personalized recommendations and coaching feedback. I'm your host, Joel, and I'm here with... Brett. That was real quick with the answer, that one. Yeah, I was ready. How are you finding the Whoop? It's good. We've only been wearing it a, a week and I think it does take a bit of time to um, properly learn your body and definitely. And, and, and give proper feedback. But um, I think it's good. It definitely makes you like think about recovery better. For sure. Like, yeah, because you know that it's tracking you. Yeah. So it's like, well, if you're tracking me, then I better do my job exactly, and try yeah. and re- yeah. recover. And like you see the recommendations for bed. So I'm like, you know what? I'll try to get better that time. Yeah. Where sometimes I'll just like fuck around and then be like, for sure. Like, what am I doing? And then, and then it's like late and I'm going to bed when this is like, it makes me think about it, more conscious about it, which is good. So how Talk, are you finding it? Yeah. We're talking about the sleep thing. Um, the whoop, you know, monitors sleep cycles and like, the performance like and quality of the sleep. Um, and I didn't even know there were acronyms in there in that feedback. Mm. I didn't even know existed, you know, yeah. like all the different percentiles of where you are. And I, the thing I reckon I've thought about the most is say I try and get my eight hours every night. I want to, you know, because everyone says sleep is like the number one thing for recovery, mm. you know. Um, and I try and get my eight hours, but that's sort of like get into bed at, you know, I don't know, 10, do whatever, either read, spend a bit of time on my phone, which I'm trying to not do. Um, and then, you know, have, have my alarm say, like a full, I think in my head I fall asleep at 11, wake up at say 7.30, you know, so yeah. eight and a half hours, perfect. Yeah. It's not like that. It's not like that. Yeah. Yeah. You look, I'm looking, I'm waking up during the night. There's all these things, but I don't even necessarily remember that. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Well, I, it says I was in bed for nine hours and 23 minutes last night and I got eight hours and 20 minutes of sleep. So yeah. like that was my first night over eight hours of sleep, which yeah. is good. But um, yeah, it is that hour of kind of being awake yeah. tr- during the night or trying to get to sleep. So um, yeah, it's not just getting in bed for eight hours, it's... It's, for sure. Yeah. For sure. I think um, obviously it's going to help us, you know, train smarter um, and recover faster as well. Um, I think it's one of those things, yeah, we're going to be, we're partnering with Whoop um, for a f- few more episodes in in uh, season three. Um, so it's going to definitely, yeah, just be an accompanying thing to our training to ho- hopefully get us uh, performing better and yeah. reco- recovering better. And it, yeah, it's one of those things where it's just going to take some time for us to learn about it and for it to if learn it, about yeah, us, exactly. right? Uh, it's going to be cool, I think, me kind of going into Fukuoka as well. Like, yeah. I think I can really use it then to make sure I'm max- maximizing my recovery yeah. and my sleep. Uh, but then also when we go to Falls Creek early next year. Yeah. And seeing the difference when you're at altitude. Well, because it does, it, me- it measures your blood oxygen levels and, you know, skin temperature and stuff like that as well. So you can, you should, we should be able to see if, uh, you know, there's that rumor that like Falls Creek isn't high enough. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, well, come, come ask Brett and Joel, we'll know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it does kind of track if you're potentially going to get sick as well. Yeah. Which yeah. for you. For sure, I'll need. You're that. always, yeah. always nearly getting sick. So yeah, exactly. Cool I, wish I, I wish I had this the whoop uh, a few weeks ago. Yeah, would have been sorted. Yeah, no, it's cool. It's exciting, and yeah. Well, I'm I'm planning to wear it. What for color band a long do you time. have? I got the black one on. Is so. it you? You worked out that yours. You're, what are you doing? You're doing one of the colored ones for. So you can get you can get you can get other bands. So one's yeah. a bicep band, and I my lucky my left bicep is skinny enough to wear the wrist one <laughs> <laughs> so i just and because i like to wear my watch on my left um yeah. so and instead of wearing two like on the one yeah or, or two on the one hand or, or two one on each hand i just put it up on my bicep yeah and, uh it's been good luckily we both you and i don't wear watches during the day yeah so, so you know i've just we've both got ours on right now like my band looks cooler we, than yours we by can the way. see uh what recovery we get uh well, or like what our heart rate gets to during this episode. I guarantee, I guarantee yours will be higher. <laughs> yeah. You get, you get stressed on these podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> man, I'm relaxed. I'm lying down on the couch right now. It's good. Um, also, yeah, Movember. Um, we've raised over $5,000 so far. Thank you to everyone's donated. and It's been incredible, the yeah. support for, for everyone supporting mental health and um, men's you know physical health as well. So Yeah, let's uh, keep pumping it and make sure we get to that 777. Yeah, seven, 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 uh, seven. Yeah, in the in the next few days, so we can uh, live stream. Hang on, I said seven, seven, seven. No, it's seven, 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 seven. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, four sevens. Four sevens. <laughs> uh, so we can live stream shaving off Rainer's mo. That'd yeah. be pretty exciting. I'm I was, just I was looking at it yesterday. I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait. Like, <laughs> I want that gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in fact, me and you should just put in the last like couple of thousand know, just yeah. to bump it. We should have done it there so we could do it at the park. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, mate. We've just ticked over. I brought um, a razor blade with me. And if you can send Joel in some tips on how to grow it better and oh, me on how my. to shape it. I actually was shaving and I've got no idea. It's actually embarrassing that you're talking about shaping it. And I can't even see. Like I was, I was like talking to Chelsea this morning. I go, I go. Can you see? You can see something, right? There's a bit of a shadow, right? And she's like, like looking, trying to like shift her head so like can see in different light <laughs> to see if there might be something. Like, is there light reflecting off a single hair? And I'm like, this, like sort of put my top lip out, and it's like, I honestly, it's so embarrassing. It's so bad. I'm looking at it right now. There's literally nothing. There's nothing. What day are we? What day? Are we? Seven. But you're supposed, you're supposed to shave every morning, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I saw Dave McNeil's. His is looking pretty good. His is good. To be honest, everyone, everyone's just looking like we're, so we're having this battle, me versus Stewie, okay? Yeah. Now, I shouldn't have been so confident in my battle with him before seeing what he's working with. Yeah. So I was like, I was like, oh, yeah, well, let's do it. Like, we'll put a call out on to a poll, like, who's going to do better, Joel versus Stewie? And then I go, hey, I like sort of talking myself down. I go, oh, look how bad mine is. And I sent it to him and he sent me back a full moat. And I was like... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm done for. But, you know, that's part of the fun, um, I think. Yeah, it's having fun with it. Yes, yeah, people will be able to take the piss out of me. It's great. Yeah, but seriously, uh, thanks for all the feedback on the Scullion interview as well. I think it kind of did touch a lot of people and definitely listening to him open up and just speak um, so candidly was really good. Yeah, um, I was so pissed it, off to miss that one, but it's, yeah. um, we'll have to, I reckon we'll have to have him back. Yeah, definitely. In, in another um, season. He's a great talker and, and full of, knowledge yeah um so yeah definitely want to get him back i'd say that sure. was probably the episode we've had the most feedback, feedback from yeah ever, definitely I would say. yeah it's, it's been really good so very important um thing to be talking about and so that's that's one of the best things about november it kind of does open up that conversation and like yeah people messaging me and just thinking like me for like for doing the interview and i was like yeah like i wouldn't even expect them to reach out to it, me about exactly. that so yeah it, uh, that's is what it's all about. But. For sure. For sure. Um, training weeks. Yeah. Um, you go first because yours was far more interesting than mine. <laughs> yeah. Mine was a pretty good week. So just I said, I think last week I was just trying to progress every single week. So this was like felt like my first big week of training, um, yeah. kind of full week. So start off Monday, 14K just around Richmond. Um, saw George Wintle and Nath Pierce before Nath went over to World mountain running. Yes. Um, he that came, was just yesterday. Yeah, well, how'd he go? Came 51st. Out of how many? Uh, I think it was 80 or so. But uh, looked so. Uh, apparently it was brutal. I think he was like in the medical tent after because <sighs> I think it was 32 degrees. Yeah. Really humid. Um, and yeah, George was looking at his heart rate. So it was like at 190 something in the second K. Yeah. And so it was 6K up, 6K down. And he said he was blowing up at 3K in. Yeah. So it's. Wow. It's tough. That's the one thing, you know, how we went on the Q&A session and we were talking about trail versus thing. Yeah. I was saying pretty much like all these trail runs. You know, I didn't mean at the world level. I meant like, you know, you know, a local sort of trail run. If like one of us, went, we'd go and we'd smack it. And it's like, I guarantee you, Jack Rayner wouldn't have won that. No. Like, it's, it's, oh, that is different. Do you know what Jack, I mean? Yeah, it's, but Jack has that little crazy as well where he would just forget about his body on the downhill. But, yeah, um, true. No, but it I is, have a feeling he just wouldn't. No, it is just different. Yeah. That is very different. You're not even us. running. Like yeah. it's so steep. You're not even yeah. like it's like hands and knees sort of stuff going yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Monday, Arvo, easy 7.5K. Tuesday morning, went down to the tan and different session i've never done at the tan so oh, i great. did glad to miss that one as well yeah Fucking hell. i did three by mile around the bridges so so you stop early stopping 350 <laughs> that, that bridge is closer to a mile and than so 2K, 2K, right? okay. <laughs> um and then jogging up so it was like probably 90 seconds recovery yeah and then going again um, so it was like a lap, but half of it, oh, a minute of a minute and a half was a recovery. Yeah. And so I was running about four thirty twos, I think, for the mile. Um, Were you with Stewie? Is, yeah, me and Stewie, which it, that's pretty good moving. You didn't have Jack there, did you? No, nah, Jack was just jogging because yeah. he had just Noosa, uh, run Noosa. Yep. And Smack was just a bit behind you guys. Yeah, Smack. Yeah, he was just behind. Um, he's going all right though. And then we did eight by five hundred off sixty seconds recovery, and yeah, I was running about. 
82 seconds. And then, so Stewie was running with me and I could tell he's going like easy. I'm like, go, just go Stewie. He, he's <laughs> it's like, nah, just annoying. He's, yeah. yeah. And then he's like, he goes, I'll do every second one fast. Yeah. I'm like, all right. Um, and then on the seventh one, I'm like, all right, Stewie, I'm like, give me a couple of seconds head start and then yeah. you can try and catch me. So here's a mile coming up yeah. this weekend in, in Japan. So he did want to do a couple of It's a row mile, yeah? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be cool. Um, so he goes, oh, I'm like, give me a couple of seconds head start and catch me. And he goes, all right. So and I have gone out so hard. This is the hardest one I've done. <laughs> and uh, I probably went through the halfway in like, I don't know, probably... 37 or 36 or something like that yeah. and then and stewie has pretty much caught me by then and then just wow. put and so he ran like 70 seconds did he yeah oh um shit. on the tan which is pretty it's moving um yeah and then just went back with me for the rest but yeah it was a good session i like pretty much was running with stewie for most of it and and, and felt pretty good those 800s always feel fast for me yeah um and then i did i ran with jack in the evening we ran 8k um we live 2K away from each other, so it's pretty easy to run together. I uh, did the same thing on Wednesday morning around 20K in the morning, just along the river and then down to the down to the tan yep. and back. Um, pulse run that evening. Good turnout? Yeah, not bad, a little, little turnout. Um, surely now it's getting into summer. Yeah. We should start getting uh, some some good turnouts. It's so much, so much better, I find running well net you know even like for me i'm doing like cross i don't run again in the afternoon but cross training at the gym um just my i can notice a difference in my mood with oh, yeah. uh, daylight savings yeah. one the warmth and two daylight savings like even i was at the wine store on saturday and i finished at 10 o'clock and it was 8 p.m and it was still a bit light and yeah. i'm like now i've only got like two hours it was in the middle of winter you got like four hours of working in the dark oh it's, it's just all, so but shit. all my afternoon runs used to be in the dark in the dark yeah. and it's just Sucks so bad when when now it's like yeah it's easily you're finishing light, you're finishing and it still seems like yeah it's yeah, midday yeah um and then so I'm back to the Tuesday Friday session so Thursday was just an easy sixty um and I was actually feeling really good by this like I don't know I was just starting to feel like really good in my running and feel like I was moving well which is that's good, good. um ran thirty minutes in the evening and then. I had 20 by K, um, well, K on K off. K on K off, yeah. Um, Strava's absolutely dummy with 19.99, even <laughs> though I had K splits on. So <laughs> there's nothing Strava I could Strava does, it's like the post calculation. Like it calculates yeah, I know. In, I know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I wasn't too happy about that one. But but I was. this is probably the best I've ever done this session because I was running um, about 254s probably for the ons. Yeah. And then... 317 average for the offs. Wow. So it's pretty good. Yeah. It was. Uh, You're going back to about my threshold at the moment for the offs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sick. Um, but yeah, no, I felt good. And I had, so I had Avish, who's the um, physiologist from VIS on the bike, give me drinks. And I had Balance Runner. Yeah. Saw um, that. Making sure my arm was not swinging out too wide, but. Which is tough. Like for 20K, like you start to get tired and you definitely want to yeah, go back to your old habits. 100%. Um, so that's why because it's like I, I can do the good habits when I'm just doing little strides. Yeah. And But the thing is with me, I'm trying to run a marathon. So we're trying to – he's trying to see me when I'm fatigued and remind yeah. me when I'm fatigued. Um, because it's funny. He rang me um, a couple of weeks ago just to have a chat and he said it was after you. You must have like been on your way home. And he goes – Buddy Brett, I was watching him. You know, he got the stitch again. I was not implementing his new <laughs> yeah. running style. He goes, no fucking one. I go, yeah, you better sort him out. <laughs> yeah. So he's come and sort you out. I, I keep, people keep saying this. Like, Carl said it as well. He's like, he's like, yeah, I saw you uh, coming in with 200 to go and I could tell that uh, like you weren't feeling too good. And I'm like, I just run 42K. No fucking <laughs> shit, I wasn't feeling too good. I was like, it doesn't matter what, how fast I was running or how good I was feeling. Exactly. I could jog 42K and be not looking yeah. that good. So yeah. it's With 200 like, to go, like you're going to be cooked. Uh, that's what I was saying in balance. I'm like, yeah, you've seen video footage of me at like 38K. Yeah, true. Yeah, no shit. Like, yeah, you're not in the, um, it's, it's not like and I'm in just the lean trying, pack like, and they're looking at like 20, 30K. Although there was but, footage of you. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but you're always going to be, Struggling just getting the finish line, For whichever sure. way possible. Um, I think and- the best thing about that video that um, Paul 
took in your training was the like I reckon you timed it perfectly. You would have knowing your personality, you would have seen the, the woman up ahead <laughs> and gone, Paul, just wait, just wait a bit and you're timing because <laughs> yeah. you know that Instagram's only gonna be fifteen second <laughs> yeah. story. And it was just as you you like go past like a bloody bullet train past it because it's really hard to tell how fast you're moving. It actually doesn't look that fast. Yeah. You sort of just look really relaxed and then you go past someone else running like you're in a car. <laughs> yeah. 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 Thanks for that, Paul. No. Um, <laughs> and then yeah, so I had Friday afternoon off. Um felt like it was a pretty good twenty nine K morning. Yeah. And then So what was the total what what did you run for we well, not a half? I uh, not but, quite a half, but I was just under sixty two minutes for twenty K. Yeah. Um, I think I did it before London and I ran 60 uh, to 50 or something. So this one was n- nearly a minute quicker. Yeah. Um, Wouldn't it be funny? So that's what, 305 average or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Would it be really funny you entering a half marathon? And doing that. And say like you know that the competition's PB around like 65 and so you just do it. Yeah. Ho- yeah. And then you just do it so that hopefully you time it perfect so you just win. <laughs> well, my last one's a float. I'm not allowed to go fast. Yeah, exactly. 317. I'm like, You're getting sprinted. <laughs> um, Benita Willis, I'm pretty sure, um, did that at Zadapec. Lap yes, on, lap I've off. I've heard that. Yeah. And won it. But Because yeah. she's just what training for something up, yeah, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty crazy when you think about it. It'd be so good national. to do. Yeah. Like, but I, like I've seen Collis gone run 28.30 doing lap on, lap off yeah. as well. So it, you can run pretty quick doing it. Yeah. But it's if it depends who else is in the field, if you can do it or not. For but, sure. Um, yeah, it'd be funny. And then, yeah, Saturday morning I ran 60 minutes with Saskia. Um, I was feeling pretty – yeah, so I've been doing a lot of Pilates and gym. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty like tight through my hip flexors. And I think going – so – I was supposed to change my Pilates to Friday. Um, so I wasn't doing Pilates and doing a session the next day, but yeah. I forgot to do it. So I just did it. And then, yeah, so I was kind of like tight going into that session. I felt like tight through my glutes and my hips. Yeah. And so doing the the session, I was like, oh. And so I pulled up pretty like stiff through there. So Do you yeah. do like hip flexor stretching and stuff before? Uh, yeah. It's like the one thing I have to loosen off before sessions is like my, you know, yeah. my back, roll on my back, do my hip flexors. Yeah. So that's all I have to do. I'm doing those too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like I do, I do do it, but I just, I'm getting a massage today. Like yeah. I'm in need of a, of a hard massage from Whitey. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. So I just, I ran with Saskia just a, an hour with her, um, which is good. And then ran, um, yeah, 30 minutes in the afternoon. Um, still feeling pretty stiff. Um, met Jack Sunday morning. I had two hours 15, which is the longest run I've done since before London. And I, yeah, was feeling, uh, not great. To yeah. be honest. I think it was a hot day, our first hot it day, was, yeah. but just these, yeah, tight hip flexors. So it felt like my legs were just heavy the whole way and we actually were rolling and then just kind of, I think he, we both just got a bit tired and just, just start slowing down, started slowing down yeah, a little bit, that's and, bad which is what we never that. really nah. like do and kind of. We had to cross a few roads and I was just like starting off again. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh. And then like. So where where was the loop? uh, Obviously you avoid Yarra Flats at the moment. Well, one, you don't really like Yarra Flats anyway. But two, it's just you can't run it. It's flooded. Surely these two, a couple of hot days have evaporated all the water. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, I ran down to, it's actually a bit of need of rain looking at the the grass. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Sorry to Michael Oddie out there. His um, yeah, house, house is flooding again. But, uh, oh shit! He'll still yeah. laugh. <laughs> but uh, I ran um, down to the Westgate and okay. um, along. That's the a good beach. loop. I haven't done that for ages. Yeah, and no, I I really like that loop. But Bit yeah, from Box Hill. <laughs> yeah, when I uh, yeah running like back through like Richmond and stuff, and me and Jack had to stop a few times, and like I just get really tight like in my groin in my like yeah. OP kind of area and I was just not enjoying the starting and stopping again. And That's yeah. what OP really doesn't like, hey. Yeah, just stiffening up really. And then, yeah, my last 20 minutes I was not feeling great but How got far? it done. All up? Just under 33K for that. Yeah. For the week, 182. 182. So How good... many weeks out are we from Fukuoka? Four, I think. So Four? I think... That's all? Yeah. So I've got – maybe less. I've got two – this will, this will be a big week, then I've got another big week, and then a good week and a taper week. Yeah. And you've got Jack. We were in four yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got Jack um, pacing you. He is. Yeah, it's he's pacing. Be... So he'll, he'll go to either halfway or 25K, I think. Yeah. Um, which Sick. should be cool. 
Can't wait. Yeah, looking forward to it. So awesome. starting to come into I'm in good shape. I just need to make sure I can run a long way. Yeah. Fast. I think it's definitely gonna be interesting how you go with these like some of these marathon workouts as the weather's getting warmer. Yeah. It really does yeah. impact. Yeah. I've know. got a really long one on uh Friday. Yeah. Um yeah, it it's is. one thing that I think people don't necessarily think about. Like uh, talking to Riley Wolf, who I coach, um, and he's looking at an LA marathon uh, in yeah. March. Yeah. So what does that mean? That's a marathon block in the peak of summer. Yeah, exactly. Right, Jan, yeah. Feb. Like, yeah. obviously for him, he wakes he, up about wakes two a.m. gets his training done. <laughs> but I remember when uh, Jack and I were training for London in 2019 because you're training. That's an April marathon, yeah. so you do a lot of the training in, in summer or like hot weather. But we were Fair training March, often warmer than December and January. Yeah, we were training at like oh, what time were we warming up? Like six thirty. Yeah, which for, get... like for me is very early. Yeah. So yeah, like we were having to beat the heat. So I don't like. I'll see what the weather's going to be. The whoop, the whoop would be telling you to go to bed at like five pm. Yeah, if exactly. You've got to wake yeah. up that early. Oh, have you been mm. using the alarm? No, so it actually set, it sets off the because I know you can obviously choose the other. Yeah, yeah, no, I haven't done that yet. Yeah, because I've got the. It's like nah, I'd prefer Apple to wake me up with the horrible yeah, tone exactly. that puts me in a bad mood. Yeah. I don't don't get happy again till four p.m. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that's my week. Good. What What have you been up to? Ah, well. <laughs> Um, can't really catch- just move straight on to things you're saying. May as well, <laughs> may as well just skip over. Um, yeah, had a, had a bit of a shit week. So was talking about how I felt like there was just something wasn't quite right, um, to the back end of last week with my energy levels. Um, and so went and got a bunch of, bunch of tests done. Um, so I went on, on Monday, I had an hour and I just ran 40 minutes mm. and I was like, this is just fucked. I shouldn't be so tired. And everything was playing on in my mind. I'm thinking, and I even had a few people message me um, after the last episode going, hey, you're not alone with the, um, like that COVID long, you know, I was talking about long COVID mm. and people are like, it's not necessarily long COVID. It's just like COVID can actually take a month. Yeah, that's that's not long COVID. Long COVID's you know six months, nine months later, you're still feeling the effects. Yeah. But it's like I probably just assumed that just because I got it the first the first time, I was fine. A week later, I sort of thought that was the case this time. And I think it's definitely sort of I just feel a bit zapped. Um, not necessarily any physical symptoms in my um, you know breathing. Or I'm not still coughing or anything like that. But I just feel like the viral sort of fatigue got me. Uh, so yeah, just stopped the run on Monday at forty minutes. Um, just feeling like absolute shit and I booked in to do my blood tests on Tuesday morning. I cannot stand getting blood tests. Yeah, you hate it, don't you? Absolutely hate it. Like it's the one – I'm not – I don't have a phobia of needles. I'd love to know if other listeners are like this where I don't have a phobia of needles so I can get dry needling done whenever I want um, and I don't have a phobia of blood. I can cut myself and blood can pour out and I'm like whatever. But join the two together and take blood from my vein <laughs> I turn you into – You don't even like thinking about it, do you? Nah, like, honestly I go – and I don't know where I don't think it was, I was like this as a kid. I don't know. I think I had a bad experience at a hospital once in um in Spain when I had food poisoning. I'm not yeah. kidding. And they oh someone's probably gonna be listening to this in their car and crash because it's so <laughs> yeah. gross. But they like this girl was like trying to get it in and it was spraying everywhere. Oh, yeah. oh god, even I shouldn't be talking about it. <laughs> oh, now I'm gonna faint yeah, yeah. do the rest of the episode. Um but because the the doctor like obviously I was saying I'm feeling really fatigued and this and that, and I said also I'm a elite athlete. And at this time I thought I was going to falls. So I was like, and I've got this, you know, altitude camp coming up. I just want every single base covered of my bloods to find out what's going on. Um, just cause I think it's, you know, really smart and you should, you know, elite, well, not just elite athletes, but even recreational ones. Some of my, um, I always push for my athletes when they're not feeling good or they're like, mm. if you know, it might be a week, a couple of weeks of training and they're sort of shit. And I'm like, go get bloods done. And they go get it done. They come back like, oh, low iron. I'm like, yeah, there you go. Exactly. Um, so thankfully, all my bloods came back totally perfect. Um, but I picked up a bacterial infection. So that's probably contributing to why I was feeling so shit. Yeah. So just on antibiotics for that. Um, I was I went to the bloods on Tuesday morning because it was um, public holiday. And I went there in my running stuff. And it's like at the end of the day, I want to be going to training. And I usually like I, w- I want to go to training, right? So I'm in my running stuff, go get the bloods done and I'm driving to training. And then I sort of, as I'm driving, I just think, 
I do not feel well. Mm. And I just pulled pulled the car over, sort of thought about it. Message Collar said, hey, I'm not feeling well. I'm going home. And I just drove home and slept for like three, four hours. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, it's just when when you – it's like, yeah, even – it's just a weird thing because, you know, if you're really sick, say with like, you know, you're coughing up phlegm or something, you got, you know, um, some sort of like – or throat infection or whatever, you know, but this is like, I don't really have symptoms other than fatigue. Yeah, so it's exactly. like you're doubting yourself. You're like, oh, you might have a coffee and go, no, I'm actually feeling yeah. all right. And then your back zapped again. So I just took um, a bunch of days off just to try and try and get um, my body right. And then on, well, so no, I'd only had Tuesday off. And then Wednesday I went for a 30 minute run on the treadmill because you're you talking about the treadmill making mm. me want to go back there um, and did yoga. And then Thursday morning, I woke up to run again, put all my running stuff, had my breakfast, did all my pre-running stuff and then just didn't run. I was just like, I do not feel well. This is cooked and I think it's going to be make me worse. Um, so yeah, ended up having Thursday off and then Friday I started to feel like myself again, did an hour Friday, an hour Saturday, and then just did an hour yesterday as well. Cause I sort of thought my thinking of that was I've only done two one hour runs. I'm not going to go into a long run and then possibly, you know, made me a bit tired for this week. So I'm like, let's just get three one hours yeah. done. It's more training than I have done. And then I'll start this week fresh and it's worked. I feel better. So hopefully that's my bad luck behind me. Yeah, hopefully. I'm it's, not even, even going to give you a um. A uh, weekly. Mind. I know you didn't ask, but I'm not, <laughs> but I'm not given. <laughs> I was gonna, but I just, yeah. you started. For, even I'm looking at you. You're tearing up. Yeah. You're like, fuck. This is a depressing story. <laughs> I think my last good week was about six weeks ago. <laughs> Season one. Yeah, you need to get some momentum back. But. Yeah, that's it. So, unfortunately, look, I'm not going to make any decisions now. But you know that whole thing of um, new Joel, old Joel. You just try and like focus on you know day to day, day by day um but i wouldn't be surprised if i'm not doing zatapec like based on how you know yeah. i made a joke to smack the other day i said i might speak to um nick and collins and ask if i can pace the first two laps <laughs> <laughs> and even then they're going around me at the 600 <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um uh, but yeah i'm feeling better now so on um, yeah be positive i'm sure i'll um i'll start putting yeah, some weeks together putting some weeks together yeah hopefully that's right um things we've seen on instagram that this week that we aren't too sure about Tim Vincent. <laughs> what you I'm got? waiting to one day say Tim Vincent and you just don't laugh. And I'm like, all right, the joke's dead. <laughs> um, so you mentioned it before, but we were in a park yesterday having a bit of a picnic um, and we were with Jack. And so this isn't quite a thing that I've seen on Instagram, but I thought this is too funny and the picture is too <laughs> funny. So Jack, uh, this is Jack Rayner, by the way, who will be getting his mo shaved off very quick. Um, he was just telling, I go, what have you been up to? What, what did you get up to yesterday? And he goes, oh, I've got a bit of a funny story actually. I go, oh, what's that? And he's always got funny <laughs> stories, right? I don't, did he say it like that? Or he just casually started well, saying? Or maybe he started I think he just saying casually it. started saying Oh, I know what it was. No, nah, I know what it was. And most of our FDK followers will find this funny. He put up a story oh, of yeah. a fish in an aquarium and I took the piss out of him going, wow, that's a really different sort of story for you, Jack. I don't think yeah. I've seen that before because <laughs> it's just such a thing. Oh, the only thing he didn't put an electronic track with it, yeah. which he usually does. Um, and he goes, no, I was at the aquarium. I go, oh, who with? And he goes, by myself. And I said, okay, interesting. <laughs> let's let's delve a bit deeper here. And I go, so tell me more. What, what happened there? And he goes, well, <laughs> he goes, well, leaving, it must have been leaving Noosa, right? It was yeah, either it was at the or Bernie or something. Back, yeah. And he goes, I got a bunch of hot cakes from McDonald's at the, air, at the airport. And it's uh, November is um, McDonald's Monopoly. Um, and I pulled off the winning ticket for a single single pass to the Melbourne Aquarium. <laughs> and I said, okay, that's great. And then he, I go, did you plan to go? And he's like, no, nah, not really. I was uh, I was riding back from gym at VIS because he's you know got his bike and he's riding back. Fr- he goes past the aquarium on his way back to his house in Richmond. And he um, he just looks and he goes, actually, I've got that w- with me. I'm, I'm, I'm going to pop into the aquarium. And so the reason this is my things we've seen on Instagram this week that we're not too sure about is when he's gone into the aquarium, apparently it is mandatory that you have your picture taken <laughs> before entering the aquarium. And 
I reckon that would like, I, I don't mind. There's nothing wrong with going and doing something by yourself. But I reckon like if I want to go to the movies by myself and they said, oh, by the way, every patron has to have their photo, photo taken, I'd go, all right, I'm out. <laughs> but that's like the deal breaker for me. And so I go, what do you mean, Jack? Well, what happened? He goes, yeah, there was like families and they get their picture taken. And then you spend, you know, time at the at the aquarium. And then at the end, they show you a photo to be like, um, here, give us, give us some money. Buy this. Buy this, right? Yeah. And it's I like go, when you go on a roller coaster and there's a exactly. photo, you buy it at the end. Yeah. Exactly. And I, I said, <laughs> I go, all right, true. And I'm thinking like at this stage, you didn't even bother going to the aquarium because of that. And he goes, nah, have a look at the photo. <laughs> and so the photo is of Jack and I just could not stop laughing. I reckon it'll be one of those things where we put it up on Wednesday and the, <laughs> in, on Instagram and everyone will just take the fucking picture. Just think about it. Jack Rayner is at the aquarium by himself getting his photo taken and he just looks all un- uncomfortable and unsure of himself. And by the way, he was, if anyone wants to know, he was in the aquarium for 80 minutes. By yeah. <laughs> and his favorite, uh, his favorite fish was the sawfish. Yes. Not to be confused with the swordfish because he got angry that I confused the two. <laughs> yeah. No, because me and him went to the aquarium at Cairns and we learned about the sawfish. We yeah. like, did a little class on it. So Did you? Yeah. That's such a you and Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so we know a lot about sawfish. If you ever see one in the wild, you got to ring up and report it because they're so endangered. Actually. Yeah. You're not going to see one in the wild pretty much. My dad caught a couple off the back of the (laughs) boat in San Diego yesterday. (laughs) The hook hook was stuck in its mouth. He's like putting the pliers down. He's like, fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine I get home. Rod goes, I caught a uh, beautiful dinner service sitting on the barbecue. And I'm like, Rod, that's in danger. (laughs) I think we have to cut this now. Peter's going to be honest. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, So mine. Is from New York Marathon. We actually, I was going to mention before, we're talking about the hot weather and yeah. New York Marathon was very hot. Yeah, it and was brutal. You can see with the winning times, like 2.08 for the men, which is the slowest time in a fair while, but um, like I think eighth place was like a 2.13. Yeah. Like it was, it was really crazy. People were having ba- bad days, but um, so I haven't seen, seen this on Instagram yet, but I'm sure I will. But the Brazilian Daniel D. Nascimento, um, he was running and he just went absolutely crazy. Like, what, he, what was he doing though? So was he gone so far? Twenty-eight forty through ten k, um, which is two hundred one pace. It's a suicide plan. Yeah, sixty-one twenty-two, and I think his PB is only sixty-one flat for the half. Um, I guess like Brazil's maybe pretty hot, so maybe he thought he knew, could deal with the conditions pretty maybe, good. Yeah, but uh, he obviously not. <laughs> nah. So he got to twenty miles. Uh, at 80 miles, stopped to go to the toilet in a portaloo. Um, and then so they were starting to catch him. At 20 miles, he had to walk. Yeah. And then by, I think, about 23 miles, uh, started walking and <laughs> collapsed. Like lost, well, his, lost be, his legs. I shouldn't be laughing at him collapsing. No, so, okay. I'm not, that's not, not what funny. I'm laughing at. It's just no. his uh, race tactics yeah. is what I'm laughing and also, at. Also, things, things we've seen on Instagram this week that we aren't too sure about is not always about comedy it's things no. where they're not sure, we're not about, sure about it, it yeah. so whether it be going too fast in a marathon and you know fainting at 30k or going to the aquarium by yourself exactly <laughs> who Both, knows either side either coming side. from yeah but yeah. yeah it's uh it's not nice to watch him, him falling over but it's uh yeah so, uh, some crazy tactics tell and, you what and, i doubt do, i doubt he'll do that next marathon yeah i know yeah but there's nothing wrong with lead, leading uh New York yeah. Marathon. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I've also done it. <laughs> How'd that go for you? <laughs> Around about 217. <laughs> yeah, 217 would have actually got you yeah, quite high this time. Yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. Just before we go into uh, talking about the blue line, um, we forgot to mention Harry Parisis yes. is doing the David Goggins. So we mentioned that last time. He's doing the David Goggins Challenge. Um, we talked about that last episode. Uh, so he is beginning that at fr- this Friday um, around midday. So we will okay. put that up on our um, socials and have links to him. He's going to live stream, stream some of it on, on Instagram, which will be pretty sick. Cool. Yeah, so, get around that. It's going to be impressive. Yeah. The, uh, the, the whoop will be going... How come exactly. Joel and Brett keep waking up in the middle of the night? It's like, well, we're supporting Harry. Well, imagine his whoop as well. <laughs> yeah. It's like, go back to bed. <laughs> um, yeah, so Blue Line. Yes. Um, we thought we'd let you know what's coming up, but uh, another funny, informative um, second edition coming out, yeah. But uh, so this week, Fraser has written a piece about Road vs. Trail since we were talking so much shit on it. <laughs> <Yeah>. so, <laughs> we like railed it, so we're yeah. like, oh, someone's got to write about it now. Uh, he does come from a bit of a trail running background, so that's true. Uh, we'll uh, 
Yeah. I don't know. I might have to read it before we can uh, release it. If <laughs> I don't agree with it. Yeah. No, like, <laughs> he might be just going, so did you hear Joel and Brett? They're yeah, fucking idiots. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then we got Nana Uwisu Afrio bringing us the win of the week. Yeah, that'll be so, really good. No, no, nice little guest uh, right, yeah. appearance right there. So that'll be cool. That's it. We get we get the big guns for, um, for yeah. the blue line. Um, and uh, while we're on the topic of the blue line, I spoke to Elise Beacom who is one of the writers, the lead writers with Fraser um, on the podcast. Yeah. So we've got a yeah short interview with her. We just thought it was would be great because, you know, first of all, me and you, we butcher what the blue line is every time because yeah. we're both idiots. Yeah. And I just asked her like, hey, what's the blue line all about? And she just put it so eloquently and I was like, oh, perfect. This is why <laughs> yes. we needed you on early. Um, and yeah, it was just interesting hearing about, I was asking her stuff like, you know, her, her travel history is insane. Yeah, she's got a cool story. Real cool yeah. story. Um, and she also speaks about her race in North Korea, which yep. is so fascinating. More interesting than any of you guys doing your big major marathon or whatever. <laughs> um, but like the stat, like we'll put up, because she sent me uh, the follow-up videos to like a company. So when this episode comes out, we'll from, put it. From the race. From, so from the ceremony, because you got third. Oh, really? Yeah. And the, the stadium is like got 80,000 people in it. It's crazy. <laughs> the whole thing is just insane. It's just like honestly off a movie. And yeah. you're just looking at it, just going, holy shit. And she, she talks about it. I'm not going to ruin it. Um, but yeah, it's really cool. So Thanks a lot, Elise. And also, congratulations on the engagement. Yeah, we saw that wow. on Instagram today. So Great. Some good uh, good things happen in the Goat House office. Can't <laughs> wait right. for the engagement party. <laughs> that's <laughs> like, right. Exactly. Yeah, we might as well hold, a, hold the uh, wedding in the Grattan House building we just built in the city. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. That's it. Thanks, guys. See you, guys. Hey, guys. I'm uh, joined here with one of the writers from the newly released blue line the blue line geez it's my thing and i don't even know what it's called elise how are you <laughs> i'm good thanks joel how are you i'm going good um so obviously we had brett and i have failed miserably in talking about what the blue line is exactly so we thought what better way than to have one of the writers elise um so elise beacom is your surname and you are writing it with Fraser, Darcy. So together you two are pretty much the main contributors for the Blue Line. And um, yeah, we just wanted to come bring you on and let you sort of talk a little bit more about not only what the Blue Line is, but about yourself too. So the um, the readers, because there's quite a lot of crossover, obviously a lot of the FTK listeners are readers of the Blue Line. Um, so yeah, starting, start. let's just kick straight off into it. Uh, Elise, can you tell the listeners what the blue line is all about? Okay, I'll start with what the blue line isn't. So the blue line is not a results newsletter and we want to do something different because running can all, it can be about numbers. It's a real numbers game. It's splits, it's results, it's times, it's heart rate, it's VO2 max, you know, it's absolutely endless. Uh, yeah, so what we're trying to do instead is sort of delve behind the numbers, behind the results, tell the quirky, the real, the fun stories, um, explore global trends in the running scene, hear about elites' lives away from running, like what does that look like? And also shining a light on athletes who we don't know much about. So that's sort of what we're trying to do with the publication. And I, if I was, you know, to meet you at a barbecue, Joel, I yeah. would probably say that it's your sort of go-to fortnightly digest of like fun, informative and fresh perspectives on all things road and track running. So that answer right there is from you, Elise, is exactly why Brett and myself are not writing in this. <laughs> the way you put that together, it's like the, the listeners are going to be going, aha, uh -huh, that's why Joel and Brett are, have nothing to do with it. <laughs> I have to say, Brett wrote, wrote a pretty good piece for the first edition though. Yeah, it was good. That was good. He's working on his writing skills. Um so yeah, there you go. I think I think that's definitely exactly what Brett and I wanted to. That's why we wanted to start this because, as you said, running is full of that typical nerdy content where it's like you know comparing times and like the latest stats coming out, and it's like there's there's already a lot of that stuff being done. So why add to that? That's why we wanted to do something different. Um, so 
yeah, we just needed someone to uh, talk about it in an eloquent way rather than Brett and I banging on not knowing what we're talking about. <laughs> Do pretty well on the podcast, John. <laughs> um, so Elise, tell us a little bit more about your background. Yeah, so I guess I can say that I'm a writer, uh, an aid worker and a runner. Um, I'm based on the surf coast of Victoria and I started my career as a cadet journalist in Cobram, actually. Shout out to any listeners on the Murray River. There you go. Yeah. So my um, job there as a cadet journalist, I was sort of working on anything from being in the street with a big camera waiting for a massive drug bust to happen that I'd heard about or uh, reporting on like a giant zucchini that had come from someone's <laughs> garden. <laughs> so there was quite a range. Um, but I guess a pivotal moment for me was while I was studying journalism uh, at uni in South Australia. And I had the opportunity to go overseas for a semester. So I decided to go to Ghana in West Africa as a 21-year-old. So I interned at this national newspaper um, and a radio station as well. And it just like opened up my world completely, not only from the sort of welcoming Ghanaian culture and the vibrant surroundings, but also just... Uh, seeing like some really harrowing things actually, which inspired me to work more in the sort of space of, I guess, combating poverty and inequality, which led me to sort of go down the the route of international development and work with the United Nations. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Um, so where has that work with the United Nations, where has that sort of led you around the world? What interesting places have you been other than Ghana? Yeah, so um, I've been to Copenhagen. I was there for three years, which was probably where I fell in love with running in the first place because it's a great place to run flat. You're riding your bike everywhere, so you're sneakily building up an endurance space <laughs> without realising. <laughs> um, so there for three years. And then I was in Sierra Leone for the Ebola response in 2015. So that was quite gnarly um, and Afghanistan after that. So, yes, Sierra Leone could run a bit. Afghanistan was trickier, but I still managed to do that a little bit too. Have you been to, you've been to North Korea, right? Yeah, I have. You forgot that off the list. Yeah, because that's the, that was the most interesting thing um, when we first spoke to you when we were, you know, looking for writers and you mentioned that you'd run in North Korea. And for me, just listening to that, I was like, whoa. Tell, like, tell us about that. I just found that, yeah, incredible. Yeah, so I was, I went to North Korea for a race. So um, I was in Afghanistan at the time and had originally signed up for the Pyongyang Marathon, so North Korea. Um, but my running in Afghanistan was limited to running on a treadmill in the basement with no windows or running 170-metre loops of my <sighs> garden. Wow. Or traveling in an armored vehicle to another UN compound to run 800 meter loops. <laughs> so, <laughs> marathon training. Spoil like, for choice. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, oh, what would you choose? Uh, yeah, it, it was unfortunately too dangerous to run outside um, and, you know, doubly, trebly dangerous as a woman as well. Oh. And, yeah, you would hear gunshots and um, explosions from time to time. So, anyway, definitely kept the running within the four walls on the treadmill but decided to downgrade to the half marathon, which was a good move. Yeah. Um, and then arriving in Pyongyang, it's such a bizarre place. Um, so there's all these, like, pastel-coloured apartment buildings everywhere. Yeah, I've seen those on YouTube videos. <laughs> yeah, and like barely any cars on the road and the sort of relics or remnants or, you know, reminders of the regime are all around you, like these 20-metre tall statues of the the leaders and, you know, kids having their 
um, laying flowers in front of these bronze statues and brides and grooms having wedding photos in front of them. It was just pretty unreal. Um, And then the race was equally bizarre. So we weren't allowed GPS watches because everyone's so paranoid about surveillance and stuff. And it was also the cleanest race I've ever run in because everyone was so scared. So you weren't like you weren't like Brett in that episode when he was like saying he's like fuck the turtles and he's throwing his gels to the <laughs> he's looking for drains to throw the gel wrappers down. <laughs> no, I didn't fuck the turtles. I was too scared. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, and then there's like people on the street sort of clapping, but. They're just like going through the motions. You can tell they don't really want to be there. And they've all got these like lapel pins with pictures of the leader on them. And it was just wild. Yeah. And it got more insane because I ended up coming third in this race, which was a shock. And I must say my time was pretty abysmal. It was pretty uncompetitive (laughs) race. But anyway, got on the podium and uh, the race finished in Mayday Stadium. and. It has 114,000 capacity and I, I kid you not, it was 75% full. It was wow. full, full of people and there were like three different variations of haircuts in the crowd <laughs> that I could see. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I stood on the stay, uh, on the podium and there was all this like patriotic music playing and I shook hands with the Minister for Sport and Recreation and got this massive green vase and this like bunch of nylon flowers with glitter on it. And yeah, I'm, I'm probably in a propaganda video somewhere now, but it was just <laughs> such a surreal. That does sound surreal. That's, um, I don't think even our top runners like Stuart McSwain and stuff, you know, winning these races all around the world. I don't think they've even had the fanfare that you had then. I know. Well, that's the thing. Like we talk about wanting to get people to athletics meets, like, the answer's in front of us. Just start a dictatorship. <laughs> you hear it here first, everyone. It's, and that's who we've got riding for the, the blue line, someone who wants to start a dictatorship. Gosh, I hope North Korea's not listening right now, actually. Oh, uh, we can see our um, North Korean numbers on FTK. They get, they, they're, getting, they're getting pretty high. <laughs> I will say, Joel, like the craziest thing that happened there, though, was I got to see the finish of the men's marathon. Yeah. And so there was this Ethiopian runner, like Katima Bakili Nagasa, and he's like a legit runner. He, I think he held the world record for the 50K um, wow. and like 211 marathoner and um, a North Korean runner called Pak Chol. So they were kind of jostling for first uh, at various moments in the race and the Ethiopian runner entered the stadium first. Um, and he was like 25 meters in front of the North Korean runner. And he was just like following the timing car. Right. And the timing car came into the stadium and turned left. And so the Ethiopian guy follows the timing car to the left Um, no one tells him he is going the wrong way. Uh. But within that time and in all the confusion, the North Korean runner comes uh, into the stadium, passes the Ethiopian and ends up winning the race, (laughs) which was so sus. That's a yeah. I was gonna say that's um, that's probably better than the Ethiopian guy winning, putting his hands up in the air and then disappearing off the face of the earth, right? <laughs> I'd take I'd take the second place. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, he was fuming though. <laughs> sounds sounds a lot more interesting than a um, park run at Albert Park, hey? <laughs> Love park runners. Um, so Elise, can you tell us how did you get into writing? Yeah, I just I guess I've always loved words and writing and languages um and and sort of was always kind of good at it so I guess gravitated towards it but the things I love about it are just how language can be a real window into a particular culture or like teach you so much about a certain time and place and it also gives you permission to be super nosy and ask lots of questions if you're like writing an article. 
Um, you can basically pose any question that you want and then go down all sorts of rabbit holes to find an answer. And I think it's like that sense of discovery and exploration that I really enjoy. Yeah, there you go. You could, you, it's like you're asking these really heavy hitting questions to athletes and they're like, whoa, geez, Colbert. And then they realize you've got the, the blue line lanyard on and they go, oh, no, that's fine. So it's <laughs> Oh, you, you work for TBL? Holy shit. Um, so bringing it back to TBL as we uh, are now, you know, it's successful when we're giving it a, an acronym. Um, so what do you think the blue line can do in running journalism that isn't being done anywhere else right now? Um, make it fun, like make it snappy. I think running can be so damn serious. And at the end of the day, if I was to ask your listeners um, why they run, I think most people would say because they enjoy it, because they like the feeling they get afterwards. So I think that's the sort of energy we're trying to create with the blue line. Like we want people to to feel energized, ride that uh, endorphin high, like feel uplifted and and wanting more after they've read it. Yeah, for sure. I I definitely agree with that. There is the the fact what we touched on in the beginning with running just being so serious, and it's just like what's well, even like the podcast. You know, we're trying to you know we take Brett and I take the piss all the time, and I think people do really appreciate that. And that first that first um issue reading it, you know, I was like in hysterics, and I don't like. I'm not reading a Runners World magazine laughing. Um, so pretty much just wrapping up here, uh, what do you hope people will get out of the blue line? Yeah, so I hope people get a really good spread of hand-picked running content. Uh, I hope people get to peek behind the curtain at what it takes to be an elite, what what does a life of an elite athlete look like? Um but also be entertained. So I want people to find out stuff that they never knew or never knew they wanted to know. Like, for example, you know, get Ed Goddard. Like, why did he get a white embroidered (laughs) custom-made suit that's inspired by one of his country rock icons? Or, you know... Why does or how like Shelly Ann Fraser Price thinks KFC tastes better in Jamaica than anywhere else because of the spices, you know, like these people are doing superhuman things. So let's try and humanize them and connect readers with them. Awesome, Elise. That's fantastic. Love it. And I loved uh, that you're, you know, one of the writers for the Blue Line. We um, picked a winner there for sure. So thank you. (laughs) Thanks, Joel. 